When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to another episode of that lovable footballing podcast that we all know it's after extra time. I am Jacko, the host this week. Uh, with me, as always, is the controversial one, or the popular one, or the workhorse that is Mr. Adam Green. How are we? You want some? I get it to you. I'm good, mate. <laughs> Splendid. Uh, and with me, hopefully, to bring some sort of sanity to this podcast that just brings a lot of randomness to it, is uh, Jack. Hello, Jack. How are we? Oh, good, mate. I'm fantastic, actually. I'll be one, finally. Come on. <laughs> the, only reason he's, the only reason he's wanted to do the pod this week is because Dolby got three points. But we'll, we'll cover that later on in the show. Um, just quickly... For those of you that didn't understand what Greeny was doing just mere few seconds ago, we have had I've the Wilson Raider on. We have I've had it on our Instagram. And it was, from all accounts, complete insanity <laughs> driven. <laughs> I, I, I can't, I, I, I genuinely mean this. I did not do it before anyone sits there and thinks I did. My phone played up. I could not hear anything off the speakers and I couldn't access the mic. So I switched it off and switched back on. Jack sent a message going, you've missed the Raider. I had no idea what he was on about. What had happened is that in that meantime, they'd managed to get about a four-minute segment with Gordon, the Wilston Raider, at a house party <laughs> that <laughs> apparently I can only describe as just <laughs> unreal. So yeah, so he's at, we've at, we've been introduced to his family, which is weird. <laughs> so if you want to see the carnage that ensued from that, go over to our Instagram account after extra time. What was the instru- insta? <laughs> yeah, after extra time podcast. Um, yeah, and go over or to you that. Can go over to my or go over to my Twitter is greeny underscore ninety one, mate. 
Yeah, so go go to either one of those two, watch the chaos reign, and then once you've done that and realised what on earth these lot are doing, come back and listen to this podcast and it will just clarify that we have no idea what's going on. But anyway, but anyway, let's let's start off with some football chat because that's predominantly what we're supposed to do. I'm going to kick off with you, Jack. Chelsea, West Brom was an unexpected result on a numerous set of levels. What did you make of that? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just trying to just catch my uh, my breath and my I just stopped laughing after the after the <laughs> after absolute, yeah. Um, yeah, it wasn't a result I was expecting. Uh, put it that way, you know, you've got Chelsea with 14 unbeaten. They looked very, very solid defensively. You were coming up against a West Brom team who were... I'm going to say down and out, and well, probably yeah. still are. Really. Bearing in uh, mind, before yesterday, they'd only scored one goal in their last five away games. Yeah, so I, I think yeah, I think anyone probably had that down as a comfortable Chelsea win. Did anything else? And, mm. um, yeah, yeah I just, <laughs> obviously Chelsea, Chelsea went one nil up, and then you thought you well, even with the ten men, you assumed that it was going to be. Sort of comfortable 2 0, 3 0 win, and then out of nowhere, you know, West Brom turned into prime Barcelona. And mm. you know, I think I think it was just one of those freak results, really. At the end of the day, I mean, obviously, mm. the 10 minute hasn't helped, um, but even so, you expect Chelsea to be compact and organized, especially at one that up and sort of try and manage the game. But yeah, Chelsea were all over the place, they look like a team, you know, if, if you just said to me that that team were. Sort of in the top four, top six against a team from the bottom, you'd have thought West Brom were the, the side in the top six, and yeah. Chelsea were the team at the bottom. Had you not known anything about football, so yeah, it's, it's a crazy result. Um, but I think it's like I said, it's probably is a freak result. But um, if Thomas Tuchel didn't know much about the Premier League, I'm sure he, uh, I'm sure he knows a lot more. It's got now. a good idea now. Yeah, and it's a, it's probably open his eyes a little bit. I'm going to come to you for this one, Greeny, because I, I'm mm. a bit of controversy here. Mm. Do you think that second yellow card for Thiago was a yellow card? Yeah, I do, mate. Yeah, he's, he's followed really? through. Yeah, I think he's followed through, mate. Uh, obviously, yeah, he's played the ball, but he's still he's still got in there. I still I thought it was the right decision, mate. To be fair. Okay. I, I, I personally, and I, I don't know why, but mm. I, I don't feel it should have been a yellow card. The guy's gone in to sort of block the shot. The mm. momentum of him blocking the shot has carried him forward. And I don't know, I just feel that the guy's gone down like a sack of spuds when there's barely any contact on him. And then the referee stops and plays, blows the whistle after the ball's gone out. Uh, you know, no way would you've seen any advantage given from that. So, yeah, I, I, no, I just... Uh, yeah. I get your point. I get your point. I mean, some refs probably wouldn't have given it, to be fair. But I think yeah. what Denelpi scores, mate, it was already on a yellow. Yeah, no, that is true. Uh, you know, th- there is an argument that he could have been sent off for the foul that he made on the edge of the area after three minutes. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. I, as you, I suppose as you we don't know, say, mate, is when um, Bar might have said something in his ear roll. Do you know what I mean? Maybe. They might have said, book him. It's another book him. You don't, you don't, we don't know, do we? You can't hear nothing. Do you know what no. I mean? It's not like the rugby where you can hear what they're saying. You can't hear nothing, mate. So they might have even yeah, said, yeah. send him off. Mm. 
But in, um, in, oh, in over and over, West Brom, happy days, well done. Yeah. Do, do you think that the injuries to O'Shea and Ivanovic gave West Brom a sort of ultimatum that they had to go out and attack? Because obviously with the way that he'd set up, it was quite defensive from the beginning. Um, do, do you feel that because he had to make those changes, it sort of played into their, their hands as sort of to go out and just enjoy it and play against a Chelsea side that only had 10 men? Yeah, well, I think he started defensive, didn't he, mate? I think he would have been happy for a point at the start. Yeah. Um, then they went to 10. He had to push on. He got them injuries. But Robinson, come on. Obviously, he wouldn't have maybe come on, mate, if Ivanovic stayed on the pitch. No. Um, but he came out. And I think he's, he's only scored in the Premier League against Chelsea, Robinson. Yes, he has. So, yeah. he, he likes playing against them. Two good goals. Two great mm. goals. So, 5-2. No one's seen it coming. So, uh, but yeah. Other than that, I think it's a good result for West Brom. But can they yeah. stay up? I still don't think so. No. Well, just just one more thing, Jack, before we, we move on to West Brom. Uh, you know, Chelsea were very, very poor defensively. Do you, do you feel that um, that's a sign of a bit of fatigue or was it just an off day or was it the fact that West Brom actually turned up and gave them a game of it? Yeah, possibly a mix of all of those things. I think it's just one of those off days, really. Mm. I think it's possibly a sign of what's to come. Had West Brom maybe lined up differently and put their chances yeah. away. I mean, it's probably a mix of Chelsea being shit and West Brom being very good. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just an off day for Chelsea. Yeah. I wouldn't expect them to, to go on a massive run of games without winning now. But, yeah, like I said, Sort of fluke results where you just literally had to sort of look at your phone twice when you saw four mm. one and four two, and you, you were like, oh, it was yeah, it was just I was just sat there sort of disbelief, like yeah, yeah. believe what I was reading. To be fair, but yeah, like Greeny said, fair play to mm. Big Sam, and there was um, that was a funny picture or funny, I don't know if it's a picture or just the camera just panned to, but Big Sam was sat there at Stamford Bridge with his feet up and yeah, yeah. Uh, nice big smile, nice big smile on his face. <laughs> Are you in? Are you in agreement with Greeny that it's a bit too little, too late for West Brom now? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, I think it would take something extraordinary for, for West Brom to have to say it. I think mm. that's a good thing to do. And yeah, I mean, had they played like that from the start when Big Sam came over, then it might have been a different story. But yeah, I think that's kind of odd. Okay, um, moving on, uh, Greeny. I know you're not going to want to talk about this, but mm. I'm, I'm going to anyway. Leicester played Man City yesterday. Um, yeah. Obviously, it's it's been quite an emotional sort of couple of weeks for for Leicester in general, with Frank Robinson sadly passing away, mm. and obviously um, uh, Chairman Vichai would have been sixty three today as well. So, uh, yeah. um, obviously, not not a great weekend for Leicester. But you know, are there any arguments mm. with the, the performance against Man City? Or uh, mate, I think they're looking more at the FA Cup. Mm. I must admit. And especially when results went our way with Chelsea uh, losing, you know, teams around us have slipped up. And they just weren't at the races, mate. And we knew City would come at us because, mate, they only need them three points, really. They've won the title. 17 yeah. points clear, I think. Uh, 14 points clear. 14. They, they need, they need yeah. 11 points to, to win the title. So, four wins out yeah. of the last seven and they've won it. 
Yeah, and Pep's going to want to clear that up quick, mm. mate, because he's got the Champions League and he's got the FA Cup. Yeah. So, we, uh, mate, I'm not disappointed over that. Man City with a better side. And I think we'll just look forward to the FA Cup semi-final, mate, really do. What's the point of risking injuries? Yeah. When we know we weren't really got nothing to play for? Because I think fourth spot, really, it's about done deal. Well, you say that, though, but you've got Chelsea on 51 points. Liverpool, after uh, obviously, after their win yesterday, puts them on to 49. West Ham are on 49. Spurs only drew with Newcastle today, but they're on 48. Obviously, a win would have put them in fifth, a point behind Chelsea. Obviously, at the moment, there is a five-point gap between Leicester in third and Chelsea in fourth. But, uh, you know, there's still eight games to go. Would you not rather sort of try and focus on the next sort of three or four? Obviously, you know the cup cup semi-finals there. You're guaranteed a Wembley Wembley trip. Do you not sort of focus on the next three games and say, look, give ourselves the best chance of getting nine points get us to that 65 mark, it's very unlikely then that the likes of Chelsea, if Liverpool have a resurgence, they may be able to do it. Um, West Ham, Spurs, you know, it's unlikely with their run of forms at the moment that they're going to catch up. Would you not want to sort of make sure if you were Brendan Rodgers that you'd want to guarantee that third spot to save having to qualify in July? Yeah, it's good. It's a good question. And I think you're, you're right in some aspects, mate. And I, I would like to say that. But fans are so desperate for this FA yeah. Cup, mate. They really are. Leicester fans are not... We ain't done it, mate, before. No. So to get this far now and then not win it is, is a kick. Yeah, yeah, so I think I think if you ask most Leicester fans, I'd probably say they'll probably take FA Cup, mm. mate. Over Champions League. Now, it sounds daft, I know. But we just that's one, one trophy we ain't got. And that's what we want. Yeah. So... I think I think they'd more go for the FA Cup. And we've got a winnable game in the FA Cup. I know, obviously, Southampton will look quite good today. But I still think it's winnable. And then focus on the Prem after that, maybe. I don't really know, mate, to be honest. If it's me, I'd probably go towards top four. But I'll take the FA Cup if it comes. <laughs> um, Jack, just, just quickly on this, before we go on to the sort of main topic about Man City. Um, you know... What what would you? I know it's difficult for you because you're a Derby fan. But what would, if you were a Leicester fan in this position, what would you be hoping for by the end of the season? I think an FA Cup final in the top four. Team. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think Leicester have got enough about them to beat Southampton. Um, and then yeah, where they are now, they try and get that top four finish as well. And, but yeah, I think like Grady said, I think Scott is obviously brilliant. Mm. And I think whether that be Europa League or Champions League, whether they, whether they finish in singles, I think probably for them, like you said, you know, the silverware probably means more. You know, they're probably going to get European football dependent on where they finish. That would obviously be Champions League, Europa League. But I think they will have some form of European football. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, yeah, top four and FA Cup final. Yeah, whether they win that or not, it's just, I don't know. If they're up against Man City, then. Yeah. Uh, well, you never know. They they did they did beat a rather different Manchester City side back in September, quite quite convincingly. Um, but going on to Manchester City, obviously in the last sort of week or so, uh, they announced that Sergio Aguero um, will not be staying at the Etihad uh, come the end of the season. Obviously, Aguero at the moment 
272 Premier League appearances, 181 goals and 46 assists at his time at Man City. Oh, he's only two, three goals uh, away from Rooney's record of 183 at a single club in the Premier League. Um, question for the both of you. I'll start with Jack on this one. Um, where yeah. do you rank Sergio Aguero in the top 10 goal-scoring forwards that we've had in the Premier League? It's, um, it started in 92. Bearing in mind, I'll just give you I'll just give you the list quickly. Um, Shearer's at the top with 260. Then Rooney with 208. Andrew Cole with 187 goals. Aguero, 181. Lampard, I know he's not an attacker, but he, he scored 177 goals. He's fifth on that list. Uh, Omri is behind him with 175. Robbie Fowler with 165. And then Jermaine Defoe and Harry Kane on 162 before Michael Owen tops out the, 10, uh, the top 10 goal scorers for the Premier League with 150 goals. Where, where would you rank him on that that sort of company? Because obviously there's, there's there's quite some big names in there. I know obviously it's, it's, it's probably stat-based for most people, but I think what you've got you to sort of boil this down to sort of players that you prefer or yeah. love. Styles of play that I'm sure are favoured to. I mean, certain players you just fall in love with. Um, it's just the way things go. And I should imagine people sort of greatest strikers in the Prem will sort of be different. I think for me, Aguero's top four, top five of all time yeah. for me. I couldn't probably name you my top four or five in order, but I think in, just as it was, in no particular order, it would probably be Aguero, Kane, Shearer, Henri, would sort of be my sort of top four or five. And I, I think Aguero's got to be up there. He's definitely, definitely one of the greatest strikers I've played in the Premier League. Certainly in my time. Um, I just, yeah, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's just he's been world class. You know. um, Greeny, what about you? Where where do you see Aguero on your list of top Premier League strikers? Yeah, I'll keep it short and sweet. Um, he's up there, mate. He's just one behind bars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, give it a fucking mess. Fucking hell. <laughs> no, no, I'm serious. No, mate, he's, he's, he's number one yeah. for me. And I think I think he's a big loss for City, mate. When he goes, well, I'm, I'm, there was going to be a, a bit of a jibe about this, but do you think Man City need to invest in getting a new striker in the summer? Well, I think, bear, bear, bearing I think in mind do, our conversation that we had about not investing the other way, I think oh, yeah, really I think he, I think they do due to the fact that his, his injuries are more more. Uh, yeah. You know, so he's not having much much game time. I don't think Jesus will be the scorer. Yeah, it's his age, yeah. But, I mean, if he were fully yeah. fit week in, week out, I think he'll still mm. bag you the goals, Jack. But, no, but no, I don't I think, think Jesus... Is. Yeah, I just don't think Jesus will knock you the goals in as what Aguero knocks you in. Um, and I think it'd be hard to replace him with, with the goals he's put in. So, he's a legend at the club and he's done well. I think he's the best striker we've ever seen in the Prem, mate. One of the Do best, you I think, think then, with obviously the news that after the international break or during the international break, Harry Kane said he wasn't going to come uh, commit his future at Spurs until, or discuss his future at Spurs until after the Euro. Do you feel that a potential move to, to Manchester would be beneficial for both Man City and Harry Kane? 
Yeah, it probably would be if if Kane wants to win silver because I can't see Spurs winning silverware mm. anytime soon. I think it could be the best, and and you probably could see the an even better mm. Kane with the players that were at City. What giving yeah. the proper service? It's bearing in mind at the moment, it's Kane much... this season mm. in twenty eight appearances, I think uh, nineteen goals and thirteen assists, and he's currently leading the league uh, Premier mm. League for goals. Yeah, it's some some record, but I reckon he'll score more, mate, in the City shirt. I really what, what about you? I mean, you've only got to look at Sterling, haven't you? Yeah. Sterling at Liverpool, he did score goals, but he's, he's a different player. No, now, this isn't is he? very true. But do you think that's... Because obviously the question has always been about Guardiola, that he doesn't coach players, he coaches teams. Do, do you feel that that is a slight exception to that sort of comment, that because of what Sterling has done in a Man City shirt? Mm. Well, mate, I look at the players who he has coached and, and all the players look better. Foden, quality. And then you've got Sterling in that. You've got Mahrez. He's even a better player now than what he was at Leicester. So, mm. I think it's a bit of both, mate. I still reckon he does a bit of management yeah. there. He's got to do for what they do. So, I reckon Kane would bag you 30 plus goals. What, what about you, Jack? What do you think? Do you think Kane would be a good fit for Man City or do you think they, they should set their sights elsewhere to, I don't know, maybe a Norwegian wonder kid who's currently tearing it up in in Dortmund. Yeah, I, I agree with you, really. I think you put Harry Kane in that, in that Man City team, he scores 30 goals mm. a season. Easy. You've only got to look at the goals he's scoring now. Um, we've sort of nowhere near the some of the players uh, behind him. Um, even at sort of international level as well. Um, he's just he's a goal scorer, you know, he's going to score goals wherever he goes. But you think, Imagine the sort of quality of the services from people like Foden, Gundogan, De Bruyne, Kevin De Bruyne, giving the ball, yeah, giving the ball to Kane. He's, he's gonna, oh my word, it's dangerous how many goals he scored. He, you know, and the fact that if you know the fact that he went there, he makes it. You know, I think he'd be a probably not going to say an equal replacement, but he'd be up there with sort of Maguire in terms of a replacement. You know, he'd be someone that's, that would get goals and and probably even title winning goals yeah. really. I think Harry Kane's got to be realistic in terms of the fact that if he does want to win titles, he's probably going to have to leave Tottenham. Because like Greeny said, they don't, they don't look like winning anything it's anytime not. soon. Um, so yeah, I think he's got to be realistic. But yeah, I think that would be a great fit. I also think, like you just touched on, I think Haaland would not be a bad, <laughs> a bad substitution for Aguero. You know? He's obviously absolutely tearing it up. But um, there's obviously talks with uh, Haaland's sort of representatives going to yeah. Barcelona. Um there's talk about Harling going to Chelsea. There's talk about... I mean, I don't know. But yeah, I think the thing is with that, though, with me, I'd rather sign Kane over Harland due to the fact is, mate, the Premier League's a complete different ball game. We've seen players flop. I mean, you look at Werner, Ziyech, they haven't performed for me. Would Harland be the same? I think would he Harland, be a flop? I think Harland would flop. I think Harland's goal machine, mate. The guy's like a, the guy's like a yeah. robot. He's literally... Yeah, I mean, obviously, I know he had a, a shit international break. I think he, I think he's actually on the longest run in his career of not scoring a goal, which is like five yeah. days, which in itself is. I'm not, I'm not, yeah, by all means, I'm not saying he, I'm not saying he's turned. No, 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 I know, mate. I know, I, I know. Think I'd invest my um, money. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I'd invest I, it more I, in Kane. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I agree with you, Greeny. I think if I was Man City and I was Pep, I'd, I'd choose Kane over Haaland. I, I really like Haaland, mm. and, and I think he has a massive future ahead of him wherever he goes, even if he stays at Dortmund. 
But I'd, could, I'd could he possibly go to replace Kane? Spurs couldn't no, afford I it, I don't think. I think he, no, I don't think they could. And I think he, he, Harlan wants to go somewhere where he can... Obviously, Dortmund are a good side, but he wants to go somewhere where I should imagine where they want to try and go to a massive club. Obviously, Dortmund are a big club, but he'll want to go to an even bigger name. I think Spurs would be sort of even dropping from where Dortmund are in terms of a level. But yeah, I think yeah, I think Drizzy's right. I think if I was in charge of that, I'd, I'd be picking the cake. Okay. Um, just just quickly, I'll, I'll have my little say on Aguero. Um, I think I'm with Jack. I think he's definitely in my top five um, greatest Premier League strikers. I think Shearer, Rooney. I, I would potentially say Owen when he was fit. Um, and even... As, as a sort of an outsider, uh, Van Nistelrooy. Uh, Nistelrooy, I thought at United, I thought was superb. Um, what I, what I would like though, um, just quick plug here. If if obviously those that are listening, um, if you could send in your um, top five or ten Premier League strikers that you've watched throughout your uh, time watching the Premier League football, um, if you can send your uh, lists into extra time 2020 at gmail.com just title it top 10 premier league strikers we'd love to hear from you um and while, while we're on the subject of emails we we got one in um from uh, our good friend phil he sent one in the other day he was asking us a, an interesting question um it was more to do with the cha- uh, the efl and refereeing um so a slight, slight segue here, but just quickly. Um, the EFL have finally brought in a female ref, Rebecca Welk, which is, this is what Phil has wrote, which is great. But do you think that has taken way too long considering she's done so many big games in the women's game and has refed in the National League many times? And do you think there will be an increase in women trying out to be refs when seeing a woman referee take charge in League Two games because she... Uh, I believe she did the Harrogate game this weekend. Um, uh, Greeny, what 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 did you what do you make of that? Mm. I, I don't want to sound controversial and I don't want to sound sexist, but, but you're gonna. I'm gonna, and I, I might regret this, but I just don't think it's the right fit, mate. I well, really don't. Uh, I, I will try and sort of negotiate this carefully. What what? I mean, what thoughts do I'm, you have that it wouldn't be good? I'm gonna put. I'm gonna pull it. My my argument is, Sean Massey's done a superb job as a as a Premier League she lines, has, yeah. lines yeah, person, lines woman, lines person. Mm. She she's done a fantastic job at the top level, um, and obviously she's worked hard to get to where she hit. So if mm. you've got her and you've you've got uh, Rebecca Welch as part of a, 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 an official crew, uh, uh, a championship start a game in a few months' time. Surely that's not a bad thing to see in football? No, no, you're right, mate. I mean, I think there's a difference from being a line, a linesman to a, a one in the middle, right? And mm. I've watched... No, I'm definitely not... I'm not going to be sexist here or anything like that because it's not the case, but if, you, if I've watched women's football and some of the decisions they give, you think, Jesus Christ, in a men's game, they would never give that. Or Do you know what I mean? So... Can they revert and be a bit more, uh, what's the word for it, a bit more stricter? Can they put their foot on it a bit more? Or I just don't know. With with a bloke's game, it's a completely different ball game but, to a women's game, isn't it? But do you not feel that if you watch 
some European football and some English football that the same question could be asked to the referees there? Yeah, it could well be, mate. It could well be. And like you said, she's obviously at a top level, so doing the championship, so they must see something in her. Mm. But I just, I don't know, mate. It, 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 everyone's going to have an opinion on that. Yeah, of course. And I think the only way is, is to prove, well, prove me, but then prove everyone else who don't think the same and do a good job. And as simple as that, really. But it's, again, it's not a hard, it's not an easy job to do, mate, refereeing no, at any level, at any level. So fair play to her for doing it. What, what would you make of it, Jack? Yeah, I actually, surprisingly, I disagree with Greeny. Um, That's not really surprisingly, is, is it? <laughs> well, no, I think I think people probably listening think, oh yeah, I, I, I disagree. And all sorts. I mean, if you're good enough to referee a game, yeah. you're good enough to referee a game. It doesn't matter what gender you are, in my opinion. Um, in fact, it's probably about time more female referees started refereeing in the EFL and even the Premier League at some point. I'm not saying now, but they're probably welcome a time when you know we see women referees and women. So, women, if we're seeing, if you're seeing uh, women, women referees, right? Hold on, let, let, would let, you let, expect let to see a woman manager? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I ain't finished yet. I ain't finished. Are we there? I just, I just think, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got yeah. you, Jack. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just think, mate. I think, and I'm sure Jacko will know that agree as well. The standard of the officials in the EFL is yeah. shit anyway. So. Yeah. But for them to bring in some, you know, even in terms of males as well, some fresher faces and some people that are, you know, possibly seeing the game differently and things like that, then I'm all for that. I mean, mm. you know, I, I personally don't see... I, women rest refereeing mm. women's football. If they want to do that more lenient and more strict, then that's up to them. But I think the rules still apply regardless of whether men or women are playing football. And I'm sure, for me... You know, whoever's in charge in the middle, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's a man or a woman. Mm. In my opinion, it's, it's, I think I'm I'm sure that as well that as a woman, if you're a linesman or a linesman, and you're trying to be a referee, you've got a hell of a lot of harder tasks trying to get to the Premier League than a male. That's just the way it is at the moment, and it possibly it's 2021 and it shouldn't be like that. You right. know, I completely I completely understand where you're coming from in terms of. Men's football and women's football. Yeah, women's football for me is nowhere near the standard of men's football. I get that, but I think the the refereeing can be adapted, changed in terms of they can be a lot more strict or a lot more lenient if when coming to men's football. I just for me, I, I, I don't think it matters whether who, just, who's just before before Greeny comes in with his argument. This is what I said to Phil the other night. Um, personally, I think it's great. I think the fact at times that the FA have been crying out for referees. Um, I think if they're good enough, and this is sort of echoes Jack's point, if they're good enough to, to referee at that level, then regardless of who it is, they should be able to referee at that level. Um, I think it's going to give some of the old heads that think that they're safe and they're going to be able to referee the, the game and not have their job affected by it, I think it's going to give some of them a kick up the arse. And I think from a certain standpoint, going back to the sort of the way the EFL is refereed nowadays, it probably will be beneficial for the game in the long run if people are not prepared to sort of just let the same old heads go, that they're prepared to actually change it up and give people a kick up the arse if, if and when they need it. Um, I, you know, there's, I, I'm pretty sure I've seen a, a viral video of 
on YouTube somewhere where I think it might be Austria or Germany or a European league where there's a, there's a woman referee and she's refereeing the men's game and they give a, they, they, they respect her a hundred percent. And if they give a shit, she gives it back. And I, I say fair play to that. Allow that. I, I think it would be beneficial. I think it might get more people involved in refereeing from certain social communities or areas that probably wouldn't be interested in if they do that. Um, you know, obviously there was massive talk earlier on in this season about Emma in the women's game managing Chelsea for how long she's done. And because of how popular she is, there were rumours that AFC Wimbledon were going to sort of speak to her about potentially the managerial job. Now, she's obviously said that she thinks it would be a detriment, that it's because of how well she's, or because of certain situations or certain political st- uh, situations over the last sort of few years is why she, they focused on her rather than someone else that probably, she, she, she was quite humble about it. She said she was quite, um, she didn't feel why she deserved the praise that they gave her for that job, even though she's just doing her job. But obviously with how well Chelsea women's side have, have been and played and competed over the last few years, you can understand that it's good at what she does. So I, I think, you know, and but there's no, you know, sort of counteract an argument of a woman refereeing a men's game. No one argues that a man officiates or manages in the women's game because they're good enough at the, their job. So, yeah, I, I, I personally think it would be good to see that. And I, I didn't see the Harriet game yesterday and I didn't see how it got on. But I hope she, she A, enjoyed it being part of, of English the, the EFL and that it went well enough. Sorry, Greeny, you you were about to... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry, mate. Yeah, yeah I, I won't get into it. No, all I was going to say, mate, is it can go one or two ways. So if a woman refs a game and the players will respect the woman more. So when the bloke gets a load of shit, do you know what I mean? So why should she not get the shit as much as a bloke referee should get the shit? Do you get me? They shouldn't respect what? a woman ref over a bloke ref. If they're going to be a ref, you ref it and you get respected as a ref, no matter if you're yeah. a woman or a bloke. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That that's my issue. I don't want to see any of these players not giving a shit. Give a shit if she's shit, like you give a bloke the shit. Yeah, I, I, that's I, what I don't, I don't, I don't want to see. Yeah, I, I don't think. I, I think if you're a referee at any level, you're always going to get stick from players, coaches, fans, everyone. Um, and like, also, mate, would would you get women? I know. I mean, I've seen it once, but. Is that now starting to get women into the referee? And how many women are going to want to referee grassroots, adult, Sunday or Saturday league football? Mm. I, I don't think there'll be that many, mate. I really don't. The amount no. of shit what goes on on a grassroots pitch. No, no. And I can certainly see your point. But at least it opens the door. It gives people that option. Yeah. Well, yeah, there is that. You know, that at the end of the day, it's... It's adding inclusivity to an area that, up until uh, I don't know, up until sort of our our view was, you know, Sean Massey was the first female uh, official that was involved in Premier League football. She was the first one that I can remember or I remember seeing. Um, 
but it gives people that option that go, do you know what? I, I, I'm more than happy to, to get shit from people on a Sunday league pitch or grassroots pitch. I want to be a Premier League referee. And if it's a 14, 15, 16-year-old girl, girl that wants to do that, then great, go for it. And you know, Let, wish you all the yeah, best. Yeah, I get that. Let me ask one question before you move on, though. Yeah. Why is it always football what bringing these, these sort of things? I mean, you look at rugby. Is there a woman referee in rugby? I, I don't think there is. So why is it always the football what seems to bring in these controversial situations? Oh, I, 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 I wouldn't say it's controversial. Right, I right, would right, say right. that because of... In, in England, football is the number one sport. It's not even that. I think just worldwide football is yeah. such a big model and a big scale that... If it works with on that and people, are yeah, of it, I, I think, yeah, that, that's that was, that was my, that was and, my and to be fair, Jack, I'd echo that as well. Mate. Um, I, I think, really, yeah, that's yeah, probably why they do it is because of how big and how well wide and well known football is. They feel that that's probably the best avenue to, to not show it off, but um, mm. be able to sort of. Um, instigate change that can be accepted. So, do you reckon we can see some women referees coming through who might referee, I don't know, let's say the World Cups or the Euros? Uh, yeah, down the line. I wouldn't expect it to happen shortly. I, I think it would take the sort of normal avenues and channels that you would need to go down to be able to get to that. But going back to the original point, if they're good enough, then why not? Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, that's that. That's how I see it. Um, yeah. So again, so again, thank you, Phil, for the email. Cheers, guys, for that. I, it was a good discussion. I enjoyed that. Um, obviously, if you have any sort of comments or, or or questions or topics you want us to discuss on this podcast, by all means, send it into us on on our email after extra time twenty twenty at gmail dot com or message us on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. We're we're everywhere. Um, quickly, just carrying on with yesterday's football. Um, Arsenal versus Liverpool. An interesting game, which, you know, before yesterday, I think Liverpool had only won once away at Arsenal in their last however many. It was quite a lot. Um, but Liverpool quite comfortably beat Arsenal, who looked very poor, looked very different to some of the times that we've seen them play. Um, Jack, for you, do you think that after Southgate's comments about Trent Alexander-Arnold not being picked in the, the latest uh, England squad, that he put in a performance that was good enough to sort of ask the question as to why he wasn't picked? Yeah, it possibly fueled the fire. Um, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people know that mm. where we stand as we did our squads and stuff a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, for me, I'm not sure why he was left out. Um, I think even Liverpool in general, sort of more so the second half, showed mm. the Liverpool of old um, in that game. So, I don't know if it's just Trent or whether the whole team did, but I, I think they were a little bit more like mm. the Liverpool we knew. Um, Arsenal oh. just, yeah, Arsenal, just, Arsenal aren't they really? One week they'll, they'll look decent and then the following week they'll be mm. back themselves so yeah I think going back to the, the Trent Alexander-Arnold thing yeah possibly that was maybe he had that, he had that in his mind and he thought you know what I'm going to go out and, and 
prove that you know I am. And it, you know, it would be for me, it would be a big shock if he doesn't. Mm. Um, obviously, Greeny, yesterday you had mm. um, Thiago, Fabinho, and Milner in the midfield. Um, mm. And you know, I think since they've bought in. Phillips and Gabak as their starting two centre backs uh, since the sort of tenth of March when they played Leipzig, they, they've not conceded a goal. Yes, it's only three games, I know, but you know, do you mm. think that we're seeing a bit more solidity from Liverpool now with the fact that you know they haven't conceded a goal in three competitive matches? Um, they're able to play, you know, their sort of key midfield players where they're supposed to be. And it looks like, as, as Jack's just mentioned, a Liverpool side of old. Yeah, I agree with you, with Jack, mate. They're looking the old Liverpool, then they're getting the players back from injury. Obviously, uh, Jota and all that—they're all back now, mate. And like I said, it's been like it was. Van Dijk's been out. They've got enough to cover. They've covered it well with Felix and Kabak. They're doing a great job, mate. So I wouldn't write them off for that top four finish like we mentioned earlier. No. Um, going on to Arsenal, Greeny. Arteta, yeah. uh, that was his 50th game in charge of Arsenal yesterday. Mm. His first 25 games in charge. He had 12 wins, 6 draws, 7 losses, 42 points. Mm. His last 25, 9 wins, 6 draws, 10 losses and only 33 points. Do mm. you feel that that's because he's changing his style or is it a case that the players aren't good enough or it's a case that the style doesn't fit the players that he's got? Or could it be something else? I think it's a bit of everything, mate. I mean, there's a few players in there where you'd think they're not good enough. I mean, for me, that Rob Holding, mm. Chambers, they're fringe players, yeah. really. Uh, Bamiyang's not been on form. Obviously, he got dropped the other week, didn't he? So, do, you, do, you think, yeah, do you think that Bamiyang got paid and he's like, I don't care anymore? Do you know what, mate? I think Bamiyang's going to be the exact same as Mesut Ozil. Yeah. I really do. And I wouldn't be surprised if they fuck him off. I mean, he's a top-class player, but I just don't think he's, he's arts in Arsenal, mm. mate, from what I see. But Arsenal, mate, have been like it all season. Up, down, up, down, they look good, and then they look yeah. shit. So, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't be surprised. But then they might go and win the Europa League. Mm. You can see that. You can see that happening, I think. Yeah. Um, where do you see Arsenal, Jack? And what, what do you think needs to be done to sort of get them progressing in the right way and making them look a more um, combative side for that top six spot? Um, Bearing in mind, we we have got a pod that goes out every week, so try and make the answers short enough that we can fill it in for next week's one as well. Um, yeah, I think we've touched on Arsenal before. Yeah, I just I think there's a lot that needs doing. Um, obviously, they have the successes in the noughties with um, Wenger, and then ever since Wenger's left, they're sort of trying to find a style of play that obviously still kind of suits with Wenger with the passive possession football. Um, but then you compare the sort of defences he had back then to the ones that you've got now, then it's such a massive golfing class and quality. Um, I just think Arteta needs to get rid of the players he doesn't want. And there's a lot of players that I personally don't think are good mm. enough to be playing for Arsenal. 
you know, like Greenwich, there's a lot of that defence. Defence would be a big issue. I would start with that and then possibly look at, you know, your midfield. Is Partey doing enough? I personally for me yeah. he was terrible. Gave the ball away a lot. Shaka, loose cannon, um, Ceballos, inconsistent mm. in my opinion. Um, and then like you said, you've got a Benny Ang who just completely different player, you know. I don't know what's going on there. Lacazette, yeah, you know, I suppose when he gets his chances and gets, you know, given the ball, he does score goals, to be fair to him, you know, you, and then you've got people like Saka and that. So there's, there is players that you could potentially build a squad around and, and keep in that team, but he's got to get rid of a lot of, for me, a lot of, you know, the dead wood in that side. Um, you know, personally, you know, I think yeah. he's a brand new defence, really. Um I think inconsistency is probably one of their biggest downfalls as well. As I said earlier, you know, they one week they'll start to look mm. like they're going to turn up, and then the following week they put a performance like they did yesterday. For Arteta, it must be frustrating because obviously they were really bad against West Ham, and then they were brilliant in the second half and fought back to get the point. And, you know, they had times when they beat United, and they had games like that, and and then they have games where they just just absolutely awful. Like yesterday, it must have been terrible, you know. And then you think, how does Arteta get that to a top four side? Like it must be, you know, he's got a, jo- mm. a big job on his hands. To be fair to him, you know, he really does. Um, I think he's got a, he's got a possibly a big overhaul to do. And then, I mean, it's very easy to sit here and say he needs to buy so and so and so and so. But I don't think buying loads of players would. It's... Yeah. Yeah, I just, uh, I mean, possibly a new defence. I don't want to sit here and say he needs to bring in sort of 10, 20 new players. It's kind of a problem in itself. Um, mm. I don't think he's got that sort of money to spend anyway, which again is another problem. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's got a huge, huge task on his hands to, to get Arsenal to top four for next mm. season. I just, I mean, yeah, I think the number one problem, like I said, is consistency. That is a big issue, yeah. you know. Players one week will turn up and then one week they won't. And then, you know, you sort of left where Arsenal are in the league because of the fact that one week they're brilliant and one week they're not. And then, you know, like I said, it must be incredibly frustrating for us. I just think, yeah, consistency levels have to, have to change. Um, defensively, they need to, to, to tighten up, maybe bring in some, some new faces and, and get rid of, of people that aren't as fans. Maybe use that money, like I said, to buy some new defenders. Okay. Um, I'm just going to move quickly on to, to Leeds Sheffield United, the last game of yesterday. Um, not for the result that Leeds beat Sheffield United. Sheffield United have been poor. Um, Leeds should have won by more, to be fair. Um, but the, the, the talking point I want to get take from that game is the, the Bulldog substitution. Because there's been a lot of... Um, comments made about the concussion protocols and bringing on a substitution for someone who has to go through them. Um, did, did either of you two see the incident itself? Yeah, I yeah. see the tackle, um, mate, yeah. Just just quickly, I'll, I'll go through the, the, the timeline of it. So, there was a challenge um, on the edge of the area where, um, I can't think who the Leeds player was, collided with Tyler George Bulldog. Connor Roberts, was it? Tyler, um, Tyler, Tyler Roberts, sorry. Yeah. Um, they've collided. 
Baldock, with the force of the challenge, has smashed his, uh, his head has gone into the ground. He's looked very sort of confused and a bit dazed. They've done their concussion protocol. They've taken him off to the sideline. They've carried on doing it. They've brought him back on. And then five minutes later, they've had to, they've had to sob him off because he's blur, he's got blurry vision and he's dizzy and he doesn't know what's going on. Obviously, there's a lot of talk about a concussion system at the moment. They started doing it in cricket two years ago, where if someone has a a concussion that they, they assess on the pitch, an independent assessor confirms that, they will bring on a replacement. They do it in rugby, they do it in American football, they do it in cricket, but for whatever reason, they're not doing it in football. Now, I'll come to you first, Jack. Do you think this needs to be changed ready for the start of next season? Or do they need to get it in place now in case something like this happens again next week? Yeah, I think you've got to bring it in ASAP. Um, I, know, I mean, luckily, we don't see a lot of serious concussions and headaches. Yeah. Sort of three or four, maybe a season. Um, well, the, 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 worst, the, the worst one uh, that springs to mind was the... Um, Petr Cech won against the guy from Reading. I can't think. Hunt, yeah. was it? Um, and obviously we've had a few others in the past with Ian Hume and Chris Morgan. And obviously that was a fractured skull. That was more deadly than, than concussion, but that should be in there. But sorry, yeah, you carry on. Yeah, with uh, I think, you know, in terms of where, where we're at, sort of, you know, these, I think because it's something quite serious, you know, in terms of the head injuries, you know, concussion, the long-term implications of concussion as well. You know, this isn't just something as simple as like a, a leg or an arm that will probably heal itself after time. This is your brain ultimately. And, you know, you, you see, you, I mean, you've seen it before with people, especially boxers, you know, who suffer the sort of long-term mental sort of, not mental, but sort of brain damage, etc. that sort of thing. And, you know, a lot of footballers will have sort of families and wives and, you know, there's life after football. You, you, know, you don't want sort of long-term brain damage or illnesses because of a, a concussion you suffer or a head injury you suffer in football. You're, so, yeah, I think you've got to bring it in ASAP. Like you say, you've got it in all, pretty much all the other sports. And, yeah, you know, you, footballers do use the head a lot, you know. You head a football. Mm. You even, I think even if you, at times, even if you head a football wrong, you can, you can hurt your head. You know what I mean? Like, mm. even if you catch a ball on the corner of your head, you've got an elbow to your head kick to the head, football to the face, you know, there's, there's loads of situations where you could possibly end up with concussion. So, yeah, I think you've got to bring it in. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Granny, what, what do you make of it, mate? What, what do you think needs to be done? Mm, I, mate, it's, it's a difficult one for me. I mean, I could be controversial, but see, my opinion on it, mate, if they've got concussion, I don't want to see, a, I just want to see a substitute brought on. I, I mean, I don't want any of this concussion substitutes thing. Just straight free subs. If you yeah, but really, what if you have to use, use three subs? subs and someone's last yeah. 10 minutes? You're going to have to play with 10 men. You're going to have to play with 10 men. Why should you have to play with 10 men? Because, let me put it this way then, mate. Let me put it this way. So, yesterday, he, had, he banged his head. They've came on, looked at him, went through the test with him. They've said he's fine, right? Then he's gone back down. So let's just say then, he, he well, let, we don't have to say, they've said he was fine, right? So that should be it. If he's been checked and he's fine, that, that's it. And then he's gone back down. So 
some players could actually play on that, mate. Let's say we brought that into Sunday League, and I've run out of, I don't know, some, I need another sub making. They can go down Old Red and get another sub be, out of it. You've got to be realistic. This is, but this is why you have an independent assessor to check, really? check that they've got concussion. This is why that's there, because it yeah, stops yeah. people going, oh, he's got concussion, we need to bring on another sub. They've got someone on the sideline going, wait, I'm the fucking specialist here. I'll have a look. No, he's fine. Then, but did did the specialist look at then, him? Well, this, this is the this is the problem. They haven't yeah, got well, these protocols in place yet. This is what I'm saying. They need to get it done sharp instead of. Well, okay, going off that, mate. Going off that, then they need to get a specialist specialist yeah. in ASAP. If they don't, then I don't want to see the fourth sub. It sounds harsh, but I don't want to see it because you can get teams what do plan mm. it, mate. I don't care. Do you know what I mean? I think if it's not, not got a specialist, Jack, I, my opinion on it, mate, and the intercourse between Jack or yourself, but I just feel keep it to three subs. And if you have to go to 10 men, you have to go to 10 men. It's as simple as that, really. Do you know what I mean? It, I it's not really science, got, is it? Got, I think you've got to think of player safety and welfare. Yeah. Well, you, you have, mate, yeah, and that's what I mean. If they have to go off, they have to go off. But that's the safety. If you've used the subs... Sorry, mate, no. but you've used I, I can see points from both both sides of it. And, yeah, I, I certainly th- feel that teams would take sportsmanship out of it. But, yeah, I, I think if if you were to act on it and actually get an independent assessor in there, yes, the question is, can you get someone that would be able to do it every game that is there? And, yeah, I, I know the logistical side of it is, is would be difficult. But, like, can you imagine, Jacko, let's say, like, yeah. Millwall was in a cup final, mate. I don't know, you played, I don't know, Man United. Man United used all three subs and you got, I don't know, uh, Greenwood on the bench yeah. and it's going to penalties. And then someone goes down and holds their head so they can bring Greenwood on to take a penalty yeah. and he scores the winner against well, you. Uh, well, at the end of the You'd day, if an independent assessor's gone on and told him he's got concussion, then, yeah. Uh, you, you've got to do it because it's players' safety at the end of the day. Yeah, but if they keep it the same now and not have the specialist and it's just yeah. gone from a, another coach, yeah, but, you'd be fuming. No, I, I get I'd what you're saying, but what I'm saying is if they were to put this concussion protocol in place and have somebody there to be able to do the treatment, mm. then you wouldn't have any of this. Because someone's there. You're not relying on the coaches of the team to turn around and say, oh, he's looking a bit woozy, he's got a concussion. You've actually got a professional there to go, well, I'll judge it. And if he's fine, then he's he's fit, fit to carry on. If he's not fine, then they can bring the sub on. If the game turns mm. out that he, the bloke who comes on gets the winner in the 90th minute, that's what happens. It, shit happens like that. When you don't have a concussion, you will always have a club that can turn up in the last minute and bag you a win. Huh? Well, you, you get That's just it, even if even if players are injured, they can go down. Yeah, you always going to get sort of shit houses in. interference, and you always going to get shit in. You're always going to get sort of people in sportsmanship and all that. You're going to get that in sport. Can you hear me, boys? Yeah, you've, you've come back now. You there, Jack? Are you there, Jack? 
Can you hear me, boy? Yes, mate. Jack, are you there? Yeah, you, you keep cutting out, mate. Yeah, can you hear me now? Yeah, for now, yeah. Yeah. No, I think yeah. you, you're going to get that wherever you are. Whether you're playing, send the league or Premier, you're always going to get teams that are going to sportsmanship and, um, and play on things. It's just the way sport is and the way people are sometimes. Mm. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so, moving on to today's football, I, I know Jack desperately wants to talk about the championship, so I'll keep this short and sweet. Um, some, some quite good games go, that have gone on today. Um, in the early game, Spurs beat Burnley 3-2 um, with a, a last-minute winner by Nathan Redmond. Or, oh, sorry, no, it wasn't last minute. One more about Sorry, uh, second-half winner by Nathan Redmond. Um, Newcastle got the late, late winner, or late equaliser, uh, against Spurs, the the Arsenal man in disguise, Joe Willock, got the uh, the all important goal there, and I, I thought it was April Fools because Joe Linton got the first goal for Newcastle today. <laughs> I was very surprised by that. Sorry, Newcastle fans, but it is a bit of a mockery. And um, the last game to finish today before the current one, Man United Brighton, is carried on, um, an absolute peach of a turnaround by Aston Villa, um, Fulham had taken the lead through Mitrovic, thanks to a Tyrone Mings cock-up. Um, but then two goals from Trezeguet and an 87th-minute winner from Ollie Watkins, or 87th-minute third by Ollie Watkins, secured all three points for Villa. Um, out, of, out of Newcastle, Fulham and West Brom, which two are going down? And this is to both of you. Because I know mm. we keep asking this every other week, but for the fact that the Premier League keeps changing or the results keep surprising us, like the Chelsea-West Brom result did the other day, um, I don't think this is going to be a certain uh, decision until the end of the season, is it? No. Full of West Brom. Go down. Greeny? Yeah. I... Uh... I think Fulham will stay. I think Newcastle I have to agree with the controversial one. Annoyingly, I hate that. I hate agreeing with him. But I think Newcastle and West <laughs> Brom and Sheffield United are going to go down. I really do. Yeah. Uh, the, Newcastle have a virtue of, of getting a point, last-minute point against Spurs, but I don't think that's going to help them in the long run. I really don't. Um, currently, and this apologies for any of the, any of you that listen to this in seven months' time. Brighton are currently 1-0 up against Manchester United. Uh, it's 1-1. One, one. Oh, is it 1-1? One, one? Oh, Literally just scored as you said it, Rashford. Oh, good. I, I'm, I'm so pleased. So, yeah, so <laughs> seven months' time, ignore this this tosh because Jacko doesn't know what he's talking about, as usual. Um, championship football, Jack. Oh, what a joke. The only time that I can think you want to actually talk about it is when Derby get a result. So, could you enlighten our lovely listeners as to why you want to talk about the championship this week? Yeah, Derby beat Luton. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, really? Couldn't have been subtle if you tried. A couple more wins and I think we're safe. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it just just makes your weekend a lot better, I suppose, when when your team wins, and I'm sure many people will relate on it. Uh, I don't know, Greeny. Does it make your t- your weekend better if your team wins? 
No, it's fucking only, shit. I can only say that, listeners, because <laughs> Leicester lost, Blackburn lost, Luton lost. Um, I don't know if Salford lost. Did Salford lose? They drew one all. Oh, they drew one all. Um, so Greenies teams haven't won this weekend. So Greenies a bit upset about. Um, so yeah, um, a former mm. Millwall man, I believe, got a goal for you a lot this weekend as well. Yeah. Mr. Gregory. Gregory unfortunately went off injured though, so Ah, okay. Yeah. Um uh, I suppose go on. Hey Jack. Well, technically he's right because no one's in the fucking ground <laughs> yet. I don't care how many fans we've got as long as we keep winning. Uh, well, yeah. I reckon I reckon Raider well, for manager so. next year. Yeah. No, what with Debbie as his assistant <laughs> or Angel? Angel, yeah, love him. Oh. <laughs> Again, as a, yeah, Debbie, as, as Debbie I said is before, go and check that on Instagram because that's just pure carnage. It's 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 like a car accident. You just can't <laughs> turn away. He's absolutely um, cold. I can't wait for part two of him. Honestly, <laughs> right. So anyway, so you you reckon Derby? Uh, eight points away from safety. Yeah, eight or nine, I'd say, maybe nine. I think a couple more wins and then we're back there. Um, I hope, anyway. I think get to fifty points. I, I... Even though, even though uh, I'll come into it in a second. The Rotherham result helped you a lot. Do you, do you feel you're not that bit close already, or is it because Rotherham has still got so many games in hand that you you're not prepared to count your chickens yet? Well, I th- yeah, a couple of things. I think the fact that. Derby have been unpredictable this season. Um, the championship's unpredictable itself. Um, like you said, Rotherham have got sort of four games in hand, but obviously them losing yesterday did us, did do us a favour. But yeah, there's just there's a number of factors. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say yeah, that's it. We're, we're up because um, you know it's, it's it's not it's not true. But yeah, there's oh, just it's unpredictable. Um, Derby could could lose the next sort of three or four games, and then I'm back worrying again. So I, it's. Let's take it after each game, I think, for, for now, for me. Um, take each result as it comes and then see what everyone else does around us and, and base it off that and then see where we're at with sort of two or three games to go and, and then okay. uh, that's the situation. Um, Greeny, a surprise one, surprising result yesterday. Um, Mick McCarthy's Cardiff lost to Nottingham Forest at home. Do you mm. think that dents um, mm. their playoff chances, or do you think they're still in with a good shot at the minute? Oh, mate, I think I think it puts a little dent in it. I mean, but he's done well. He's done well since he's come in, mate. So just to put him on that one result would be a bit bad. But I still think they're in for a shout. But it would be hard work, mate. I mean, what are they eighth, and they're what about four points off sixth? So. Anything's possible, mate. Yeah. Anything's possible. Um, going through some of the other results um, before I move on to the, the major talking point that was Millwall. Um, Bournemouth got a timely win against Neil Warnock's Middlesbrough, which puts them only a point behind Reading. Um, Stoke beat Bristol City. That's another defeat for Nigel Pearson's side. Um, do we think that Bristol City are just going to sit in mid-table mediocrity now and that it's the end of their season. Yeah, mate, it's the end. But there'll be once to watch. Is that another one of your things for next year? Full season. 
Yeah. I'm going to get a shirt, mate. I'm going to get a shirt <laughs> um, with Danny Simpson on the back. Say it again. Add it to the shirt collection. Yeah. Um, so, uh, obviously, Cardiff lost to Boris. It, uh, Derby beat Luton 2-0. Preston drew 1-0 with Norwich. Uh, obviously, they, they sacked Alex Neal uh, last week. Um, again, interesting to see how Preston would do with that. I don't think they'll do very well. I think they could slip now. QPR got a massive three points uh, that sort of ties into the bottom half of the table. Uh, beat Coventry 3-0. Jack was probably breathing massive stars of relief when that result came in. Um, Watford beat Sheffield Wednesday 1-0 to sort of solidify their second spot. Uh, Jack, they're, they're nine points ahead of Swansea. Swansea have got a game in hand. Is the top two for you solidified now? Yeah, near enough. Um, I think, yeah, I think whether or not who wins the league yet is, is to be undecided. But I think both of those teams are sort of very near to the Premier League, if not there. And then it's sort of a fight between your, sort of your playoff teams. And I think as we mm-hmm. took on it, sort of much of a muchness with those pr- pr- uh, playoff teams. I think anyone could go up out of them, not really. Yeah. Um, Wickham beat Blackburn 1-0, another one of your teams that lost this weekend, Greeny. Um, I hope you didn't have an ACA on them, mate. Mm. I don't think you would have done very well, would you? <laughs> um, Wickham, no, I'll just mate, ask you this, Greeny. Wickham, nine points <laughs> beyond Coventry. Um, they're still mathematically in with a shout. Can they do it, or is it still too too big a gap? Mm. Yeah. No, it's too big a gap. Mate. Even though they can't do it now. Even though, although saying that they have got Steve. Millwall coming up at the end of next week, so they could they could get another few points there. Well, I mean, next yeah. uh, tomorrow night you got Rob and mm-hmm. Wickham. If Wickham can pull a result out yeah. there. And then they got Luton. So oh, come on, Wicked. Well, Steve Blake, right. <laughs> but I'm gonna no. I'm gonna um, say it. Sorry, Steve, but you're going down, mate. But I do hope Derby goes down so we can focus a bit on League football. <laughs> oh, you know what? I take everything. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny because Mill are nowhere near the relegation zone, yeah. so I don't even have to deal no, with I, this. Shit. I take everything back about fucking Leicester getting to a FA Cup final. Getting to the <laughs> you, you hope Southampton beat them and they, they lose, lose Europa League and they're out. Oh no, they're already out of Europa League, aren't they? Fuck your <laughs> final. Yeah. You can fuck your top four off. You can piss off. Barnsley drew with Reading, which is an interesting one for the playoff <laughs> picture. Obviously, Reading dropping two points there um, against an informed Barnsley side. Um, obviously, puts Bournemouth back in with a shout. Uh, Birmingham, uh, Dale will be happy to hear this. Birmingham beat Swansea 1-0. That puts them... Six points clear of Rotherham, but obviously Rotherham have got four games in hand over Birmingham, so that's still going to be quite an interesting one. But the big result of the day came at the den. It was a really shit game, but we won it, and I don't care. We beat Rotherham. The hoodoos finally got rid of. We've done the double over Rotherham this year. (laughs) Fucking get in. It is a favour as well. Well, Jed Wallace scored an absolute worldie of a goal. Um which was the highlight of the entire game because it was first half we were poor. We, we didn't look into it. Second half, we came out with a bit of purpose, a bit of intent, and we looked a lot better side for it. 
Um, it was good to see the likes of Conor Mahoney back. Michael Keftenfeld was back. Uh, Danny McNamara had, had come back in at right wing back slot. He's been superb since he came back from his loan in St. Johnston this year. So the, the squad's looking better in terms of depth. Um, hopefully it means that we can rest some players uh, for the Stoke game tomorrow. Uh, obviously, Brian Woods won't be eligible because he's on loan from Stoke. But I think we're, 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 we'll, I'll be happy with the point tomorrow. Um, I think if we can get a point away, away at Stoke, I'll be, I'll be pleased. Um, but Bielkowski has tied his championship clean sheet record from last season. And there's still seven games to go. You've got 16. But it's all right, Greeny. You said stats don't matter. So I'm just putting it out there. He's got 16 clean sheets this season. And the guy's an absolute beast. Um, just quickly before we go, uh, a massive congratulations to Rael Sotiadad, who for the first time in 34 years won a, tie, uh, won a cup in Spain. They won the Copa del Rey from last season. It's also prolonged to this year. Um, David Silva just shows his class if he's getting involved with title chasing or cup winning sides from that no one expected, eh, boys? Yeah, almost, almost temporary class is permanent. Mm, do, do you agree with the, the statue that they're planning with having Aguero, Silver and company on outside the Etihad? Mergio Yatore. <laughs> he, he, he didn't even get a birthday cake. <laughs> oh, bless him. Oh, yeah, but, yeah. Do, do you think that Yaya Torre would be worthy of a statue with those three? Yeah, no, I do <laughs> I'd rather Colo. No, I just yeah, I think that yeah, no, that's them three definitely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I had one one or two incredible seasons, but yeah, I just 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 think uh, yeah, all those players are worthy definitely. They were loyal servants to City. They sort of changed the way City uh, operate in terms of winning titles now. You know, so yeah, definitely worthy. Um, so that's that's it for this week. Um, just just a little bit of clarification. Um, Mr. Green circulated a press release by the EFL um, a couple of days ago, <laughs> saying that um, leagues uh, League One was to be suspended, which was harsh on Gillingham fans. Unfortunately, Mr. Green realised that the statement came out on April the first, which which meant that he had his pants pulled down, <laughs> which was brilliant. Um, <laughs> there was also yeah yeah got them hey uh, while you're on there though mate I'll add a quick thing in Leicester City women have won the championship oh wow congratulations and will be to them the, uh, yeah, yeah that's, that's cracking from next well season done. which is good and that, yeah it's cracking and another one yes is, uh, I had heard about game, it's uh, Dear Kinto isn't it he, yeah uh, comments were made yeah yeah he's been racially abused He's uh, been subbed off now. They weren't going to come back out, but uh, they should have. Valencia didn't come back uh, out. They got three points. Where? So now, this is now they're losing two one. Point. Where do you? What should they do in that situation? Should they put the game null and void until an investigation is done by the football association? If it's deemed that the player was racially abused. They play the game again behind closed doors. Well, obviously they would do because it's all behind closed doors. 
And the player in question that racially abused is banned for five games. And if it's found that he's not guilty, then they dock Valencia a points total. Do you think that system would work? It, it, I'm not saying it's just for, for Spain, but I'm thinking in football itself, do you think if that's the case, that's what they should do? Yeah, I mean, I don't know why. I don't, I don't see why not. I mean, something's got to change, doesn't it? Because it keeps happening. Mm. So, you know, Because obviously, it, you know, you, you see in, in certain parts of the world where if fans are racially abused players, they play the games behind closed doors. Mm. There, there's been a lot of question about a certain South East London club that have that mantle put on their their table every year and that they feel that it isn't good enough for what they do. But do you think that if it's done on the pitch itself by players, that players should be retrospectively punished for what they do? Yeah, yeah, I think that you've got to face up to you, could the consequences of your actions. Something has to, like, mm-hmm. something's got to change because... It happens too often, whether it's fans, players, even outside of the game. You know, you see all these messages that players get sent on Instagram or Twitter, and it's it's just trolls, you know, behind a camera mm. that hasn't even got a, a picture. It's yeah. just like an egg or or a background picture. There's no, and it's just uh, the mind boggles, really. I mean, let's we don't get too deep on on this podcast because it's it's a football podcast, and we try and keep things light hearted, but. Yeah, I mean, like you say, it's, it's, it's twenty twenty one. The fact that racism still happens and uh, and it obviously happens a lot is yeah, it's it's sad, really. Is, is what I say. It's you know, sad. Just 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 quickly, Greeny, um, if you can in the short stack, what do you think should be done to change that? Um, mate, uh, there should be a lot of things done, but you ain't gonna stop it. But other than that, I think, you, yeah, you just know the game and ban the player. Yeah. Or if it's yeah. more than one, you ban the team or you dock on point. Well, there we go. Um, sorry that, to, to finish on a bit of a mellow um, <laughs> point there. But anyway, as always, this podcast is now part of the Sport Social Podcast Network, the UK's first dedicated sport podcast network. Find the next show you'll love or join the team at www.sport-social.co.uk. That is the first time I've been able to nail that properly. <laughs> um, I have been your host, Jacko, the Millwall <laughs> one, the not-so-angry one this week. Um, thank you, as always, to the controversial one, Mr Green, and to always the Derby one and the occasional Cheers, happy one, Jack. You want Sham? I'll give it you. Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.